0: Happy Halloween and welcome to Formula Bones 2022 Mexico City Grand Prix recap. I'm Payne F1 team driver Mickey Nazapin, but you can call me J-Bone. Let's get into it, folks. J-Bone! First up, let's talk about the biggest storylines from the 2022 Mexico City Grand Prix race weekend. First off, let's address the elephant in the room. This was undoubtedly the most boring race of the entire 2022 Formula 1 season. Max was on pole and then won from it 15 seconds clear of the field. Aside from the first lap, which saw Hamilton pass George Russell to move into P2 and Checo also pass George Russell to move into P3, the podium positions were effectively locked in all race. Checo pretty much lost all hope of passing Hamilton After a bad pit stop, that was so sad. And Lewis definitely lost all hope of passing Max after a combination of Max's medium tires proving more durable than Mercedes anticipated and Lewis's hard tires not performing as well as expected, which kind of seems like something they would have, you know, recognized by now at this point in the season where I feel like the hard tires have never worked for Mercedes. But I digress. Along with the boring podium battles, there weren't really any other battles to write home about either. The two most entertaining ones both ended in penalties, with Gasly running Lance Stroll off the track and getting a five-second penalty, and Ricardo yeeting Yuki Sonoda out of the race and getting a 10-second penalty. Speaking of Danny Rick, he won driver of the day despite ending Yuki's race because He was literally the only driver doing anything cool when his medium to soft one-stop tire strategy ended up being the correct one, and he was able to make his way from P13 all the way up to P7, building up a 12-second gap to the car behind him in the process that completely negated his 10-second penalty. More on that later. Next, reliability issues ruined Fernando Alonso's race once again. Alonso has proven this season that if Alpine can give him a reliable car, he will most likely get points in it. Out of this season's 20 races, Alonso has finished 15 of them and scored points in 13 of those 15 races. However, Alpine has proven in the back half of this season that they don't like giving Alonso a reliable car, with this marking his third mechanical DNF in the past five races. surely. That is not part of El Plan. Side note, I have a question about El Plan. Will El Plan transfer from Alpine to Aston Martin next season? I think that depends on whether or not El Plan is a Fernando Alonso thing or an Alpine thing, and I'm not totally sure which one is the case, so let me know in the comment section. Next, the driver to fill Haas's second seat has still not been announced yet somehow, which is wild, Williams are already out here announcing their driver for next year, who's not even eligible to be an F1 yet. And Haas still can't even announce their second driver, who presumably will be eligible to be an F1, based on the current candidates. So, still waiting, Gunther. Come on. And after all was said and done, Max won the race handily and set a new record for the most wins in a single Formula One season with 14 And Checo, of course, podiumed, which meant we all got to see his dad's bazillion dollar smile. It is now, unfortunately, time to check in with you all regarding how my three bona fide race predictions fared at the Mexico City Grand Prix. My first race prediction was that Checo Perez would win the Mexico City Grand Prix, and he did not, much to the dismay of everybody in the entire world except for Max and his dad. Max is lucky that Checo had that bad pit stop and thus was stuck behind Hamilton All-Race. Because if Max had been the sole reason that Checo didn't finish P1, I think he would have lost a few tens of millions of fans. My second race prediction was that Red Bull would finish 1-2 at the Mexico City Grand Prix. And they would have if they didn't botch Checo's pit stop so badly. So I'm going to give myself a half point here and will not be fielding any questions on the matter like I'm Red Bull and your Sky Sports. My third and final race prediction was that Alex Albon would finish in the points at the Mexico City Grand Prix and he would have if Ricardo and Gasly had been correctly punished for their incredibly awful and unsportsmanlike penalties by both being disqualified from the race. So I'm going to also give myself a half point here and again will not be fielding any questions on the matter like I'm Max Verstappen and you're Ted Kravitz. Going 1 for 3 on my bonafide race predictions is less than ideal. But everyone knows I couldn't possibly end the season without another 3 for 3 showing. So make sure you toss me a subscription so you can hear my Brazilian Grand Prix race predictions when they drop next week because folks, I think they're all going to be correct j This episode is sponsored by Bird Dogs, and for being a member of the Bone Brigade, you will get a free incredible gift with your order of the best shorts, pants, and joggers on planet Earth with my code FBONE on BirdDogs.com. Colder weather is either here or just around the corner for many of us, and Bird Dogs makes the best pants and joggers you will ever wear, I promise you. I've worn Bird Dogs pants or joggers for almost every single Formula Bone recording where I'm not wearing this fire suit, because... They are like existing inside of a cloud. And I'm actually still wearing bird dogs even under the fire suit because I'm wearing my bird dogs shorts. You can do anything in bird dogs. Wear them while watching Formula One, working out, playing sports, sleeping, yeeting Yuki Tsunoda out of an F1 race, and even swimming. Bird dogs are the best because they are so comfortable and because you can get them with built-in underwear that feels better on your skin than the finest silk sheets and is also super breathable, doesn't bunch up like traditional underwear does and the best part, it cuts down on laundry. I love that part. As far as the free gift goes, It can be any number of crazy gizmos and gadgets, such as a rope hat, a dad hat, a tumbler, a pair of nunchucks, a whistling football, and so much more. So go to birddogs.com right now, enter promo code F-B-O-N-E-F-Bone, and they'll throw in that free gift with your order. You will not want to ever take your Bird Dogs off, I promise you. There's a link for that deal in the description of this episode. Next up, it's time to respond to some Mexico City Grand Prix-themed voicemails left by members of the Bone Brigade just like you, on the bone phone if you're new to formula bone welcome happy to have you here after every race this season i do one of these race recap episodes and a large part of them is me responding to questions comments hot takes and more left by bone brigade members just like you on the bone phone the phone number for which is 1-833-200-0966 and if you live somewhere where it's difficult to make phone calls I've also created a channel in the Formula Bone Discord server where you can submit voice memos directly from your phone rather than having to call that hotline number. Check it out via the Discord invite link in the description of this episode and also just join the Formula Bone Discord anyways because it's fun and we have a great F1 community growing there. We are getting very close to 1,000 members of the Formula Bone Discord server, so go join. Let's hit 1,000 this week. So during or after each race, whenever you have an interesting thought, hot take, complaint, or anything else like that, make sure to hit up the Bone phone or the Formula Bone Discord for a chance at your voicemail being played on the show. Without further ado, here's the first call. Hey, Jay bone I just wanted to ask you, what did you think led to the lack of excitement in today's Grand Prix? Personally, I think it was the tire selections, and if they had different compounds, it would have been more exciting. But what do you think? While this race was certainly boring, I actually think it is one of those races where all it would have taken to take this race from boring to average would have been the addition of just one moment of high drama. And the annoying thing is two things could have easily happened that could have made the Mexico City Grand Prix not boring. The first thing that could have made this race not boring is that Red Bull could have not had that disastrous pit stop for Checo. Checo was the first of the top three to pit, and in doing so, was attempting to undercut Lewis. However, a tire change error by the pit crew ruined this undercut attempt, and also made it so Checo was never able to overtake Hamilton, even though he had a tire advantage with himself going onto mediums and Hamilton going onto hards. If this pit stop had been executed successfully, we would have had a great battle on our hands for P2 and If Checo had come out on top of that, which it looks like he would have, we would have gotten to see a new best ever finish for a Mexican driver at their home Grand Prix. And that doesn't sound boring to me. The second thing that could have made this race not boring to the caller's point is that Mercedes could have had a more aggressive tire strategy. Mercedes decided to go the conservative route and use the medium to hard one-stop strategy which was a tire strategy they were certain would allow their drivers to successfully finish the race by making just one pit stop, as they believed the Red Bull's soft-to-medium strategy would end with either the medium tires falling off near the end of the race and or a second pit stop, which would have handed Mercedes a late-race advantage. Of course, the downside of this strategy is that Mercedes took their destiny out of their own hands and put it on Red Bull's medium tires, which ended up being more durable than Mercedes thought, completely destroying their plan. The wisdom of hindsight tells us that Mercedes probably should have been more aggressive with their tire strategy and done what Daniel Ricciardo did, extend the first stint on medium tires long enough to go right onto the softs so you have a sure thing tire advantage at the end of the race rather than a speculative one, especially, by the way, when the hard tires have been pretty awful for Mercedes all season long. I'm not sure here if Mercedes decided to play a conservative because they still have a shot at beating Ferrari in the constructors to finish P2, or if it was just a case of everything not playing out like the data made them think it would. But either way, a more aggressive tire strategy from Mercedes certainly could have made this race not boring. Next call. Hey, J Bone. With both Daniel Ricciardo and George Russell surviving penalties after causing collisions both this weekend and last weekend, what do you think the FIA needs to do penalty wise when drivers cause collisions? Do you think they need to ramp them up, or what are your thoughts? This is now two races in a row where a driver has been deemed wholly at fault for a collision that knocked another driver out of the race and subsequently received a penalty that, by the end of the race, did not affect the impeding driver whatsoever. Side note regarding these two incidents, the one with George and the one with Daniel Ricciardo, I tweeted out a question at Formula Bone that I want to also ask here. Quote, Russell and Ricciardo were both deemed wholly to blame for their respective collisions in the USA and Mexico that knocked another driver out of the race. Why then was Russell only given a five-second penalty while Ricciardo was given a 10-second penalty? End quote. My guess is that Russell's incident being at the first corner of the first lap is why his penalty was less harsh, as oftentimes first lap incidents are not cracked down on as hard. But I would like to know your thoughts in the comment section. Anyways, I do find the concept of a driver being wholly at fault for knocking another driver out of a race and effectively getting off scot-free annoying, but I'm not really sure what a better system would be than the current one. Maybe you keep time penalties for incidents where a driver is deemed predominantly to blame but not wholly but then have a drive-through penalty for instances where a driver is deemed wholly to blame is that too harsh unclear let me know your thoughts on my idea as well as what your ideas are in the comment section next call j bone long time listener first time caller Just wanted to get your opinion on the Fernando Lewis uh, bit of drama that was forming just before the Mexican GP in regards to uh, Fernando's comments on Lewis's titles possibly being worth a little bit less than Max's, saying that he thinks the championship had more value when you have fewer titles, but had to fight against other drivers with equal or better material. Uh, Myself being a Mercedes fan, I have my own opinions, but just wanted to get your opinion on the matter. For those of you who haven't seen Fernando Alonso's comments, he essentially said that while he and Verstappen have less World Drivers' Championships than Lewis, theirs are more valuable because they were fighting with drivers other than just their teammates. The main Alonso lines people are latching onto are, quote, I have a lot of respect for Lewis, but still it is different when you win seven world titles when you only had to fight with your teammate. Then I think a championship has less value than when you have fewer titles, but have had to fight against other drivers with equal or even better material, end quote. Lewis's response to Alonso's comments was hilarious. He tweeted out a thumbs up emoji along with a photo of Hamilton standing on the P1 step of the 2007 USGP podium alongside his then teammate, Fernando Alonso, who was on the P2 step with Lewis's hand being on Alonso's shoulder. Alonso also later backtracked from his comments by tweeting, quote, And again, please, all the titles are amazing, well-deserved, and inspiring, incomparable to each other, and let's enjoy champions and legends of our current time. Tired of the continuous search for headlines, let's enjoy them, end quote. Which I find kind of funny because he obviously knew the headlines that that would garner. He's Fernando Alonso, okay? Everything that man says is a headline. So I have three Thoughts on this beef, if we want to call it that. Thought one I personally enjoy this type of pot stirring and think it creates great interpersonal drama that is positive for the entertainment side of F1. You have Fernando Alonso, who's not afraid to say something he knows will be controversial, and then Lewis, who's not afraid to clap back. I also love that it's not a personal dig that this drama is centered around, as obviously both Alonso and Lewis know that it's not Lewis's fault that Mercedes was so dominant for so long, which led to Lewis only battling his teammates there for a while. So it's not Alonso insulting Lewis or saying he wasn't capable of beating other drivers, as much as it's Alonso complimenting himself and Max for doing it when given the opportunity. Thought two. I don't know if valuable is the word I would use, but I kind of agree that a championship is a lot more hard-earned when you don't effectively only have one competitor all season long, Which brings me to thought three. Hamilton's first World Drivers' Championship in 2008 was won on the last lap of the last race over a driver from another team, Felipe Massa at Ferrari. So obviously that one should not be included in this argument. And Fernando should agree that that is a quote-unquote valuable title, right? Then when you add in the fact that if Checo had driven a little bit more consistently this year he would have been Max's only real 2022 competition that kind of negates this season for being included in Max's quote unquote valuable title list, which would mean Max's only quote unquote valuable title will be last year's title, which makes Alonzo saying Max has more valuable titles than Lewis or even the same amount of valuable titles as Lewis, a lot hotter of a take than it is at face value. That's it for today's episode. If you want to support Formula Bone and are able to, I'd really appreciate it if you bought a piece of Formula Bone merch available now on bowlinmedia.com slash shop. I've placed a link to the Formula Bone shop in the description of this episode. And if you're looking for a free way you can support Formula Bone, just toss the YouTube video of this episode a like and my YouTube channel a subscription. For Formula Bone updates between now and my Brazilian Grand Prix preview episode next week, you can join over 900 members of the Bone Brigade in the Formula Bone Discord server via the invite link that I've placed in the description of this episode. And you can follow me on all social media at Formula Bone and at my real name, Jared Borislow, that's at J-A-R-E-D-B-O-R-I-S-L-O-W. Until next time, folks, J-Bone!